I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly. Hello, everybody. This is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. I'm going to say this, and I don't know if it's a hot take or not. I don't think that Malkin goal was that great. Nah. There was a lot of Drew and Voracek standing around. Uh, and then Brian Elliott, Brian Elliott kind of missed a beach ball. And that's that's my opinion of that goal. Looked really good. It, it looked like a million bucks, but it was uh, yeah. sadly only 750000 <laughs> And then the... And then the, the the Crosby goal is ridiculous. Fucking is. the Crosby goal is like one of those like I'm furious, but I'm not. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm furious because like there's nothing you can do about it. Right. Yeah. It was it was already four nothing, and it was just a thing he did that, and I was just like, well, this is. Well, I want to die. Yeah, this is just tonight, I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So what? I think last night's third period was the first time ever I've watched a playoff game for the Flyers and been like, there's nothing, nothing good will come out of this period. Already down five, nothing. There's nothing you can do that'll make you feel good in that third period. Cause even if you score, it's cause the Penguins probably went into a defensive shell and it doesn't, you're not going to be playing that same team. The next, the start of the next game. So who cares if you scored or it gets worse. Which uh, it did. It did. It did. And, and I, I, I agree with you, Craig. I don't think I've ever had a situation like that where I went into the third period without any hope whatsoever, just knowing the Flyers were completely done. But yeah, last uh, last night's third period, not a cool, not a cool time. The whole game was not cool. No, last and period, <laughs> not cool. I, when we were recording the last episode, I had the games from 2012 playing in the background or at least the highlights from that and the thing about those games is in every one of those games pretty much that the flyers won the flyers went down big first and they yeah. came back and it's it's frustrating because like because of that you're kind of thinking in the back of your head okay so there's got to be a chance right there's always a chance dave hackstall is not peter laviolette i think that's the biggest difference at the end of the day I mean, I, I think so too. Also, I think that that 2012 series was just fucking bonkers from start to end. So I, there's not too many times you're gonna go down three nothing on the road and then pull off a a win, or go down go down a goal 15 seconds in and then win eight to five. Right, right. <laughs> off the back of two hat tricks, like I think. But you're, I mean, yeah, Laviolette I think is better than Hacks, obviously, and I mean. If you want to stray away from the game real quick, what do you think of uh, same lineup and going with Elliott in game two? It's a tough call because, man, Elliott went in some beach balls. He did. He did. I don't think it was all his fault, though. But, yeah, yeah he. I mean, that first goal was fucking abysmal. And then. If I'm going to uh, sound like an old school guy, you got to go back to Elliot if he's your guy in this series. If you're going to ride Elliot, you got to go right back to him. You have to put faith in him. You have to show confidence because if you go to Morazic and you start juggling goalies, before you know it, you've got a classic Philadelphia Flyers goalie debacle in your hand. And we had enough, you know, I don't really love to throw the word debacle around, mostly because it's weird and it sounds very old fashioned. But debacle really sums up that game well. And if you start juggling Morazic and Elliot, it is just classic flyers, just 
Oh, never can decide on one goalie, can you, Flyers? Kind of crap. Yeah, it, I, I'm i happy he went with Elliot in the second period last night, and I am happy that he's gone to Elliot again. Because I, I don't think it was all on him last night, and I think if you... If you turn to your backup in the second period of a series, yeah, you're just going to start all that nonsense earlier on. And it's not it's not as if Peter Mrazek is just a strong goaltender in the waiting. He hasn't really been he hasn't really been that great since he's gotten here. Craig, bro, let's talk about those playoff numbers. <sighs> oh, what Mrazek's? Let's talk about Mrazek's playoff numbers. That's where it's all at. Pretty good, aren't they? They are pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was. I was joking there, but I mean, they actually are legitimately really good compared. I was gonna say, I was thinking back to his time in Detroit. He had that pretty good series in 2015, and then he was pretty good in uh, 2016 too, I think. But you know, limited time in each one. But uh, I, I uh, the thing with the lineup, I I get the idea behind it because you're you're showing confidence in your team, even though last night just happened. You kind of want to say that. Last night's gonna have not gonna happen again, and there was just kind of a fluke thing, and they can power through it. But at the same time, I have problems with the game one lineup because of uh, Yori Laterra, who I mean, we'll talk about that line in a minute. But Yori Laterra should not be centering a line or in. I think Wheel should be in, Lawn should be the center. I think Connecting should be on the top line. I think maybe uh, maybe Voracek should be on the line with Simmons and Filpula. Or maybe, and then Raffle, Limblom, and Patrick could be a line. I feel like Raffle, Limblom, and Patrick would be a ridiculous possession line. And I feel like they would still produce points because Patrick and Limblom are on there. And I think Voracek would help drive play on that, that third line, which is going to be the problem with Philpion and Simmons. If you put someone with Philpion and Simmons, they have to be able to drive play. And I don't, I, I mean, Connecting is really good at that, but you're also going to take away all of what connecting does for you, which is create ridiculous offensive plays out of nothing. Right. Completely right. It's driving me nuts having connecting buried down there. And yeah. I, look, you don't want Jake Voracek kind of uh, buried if you will, but I don't know, man, you got to get some possession down there. You've got to change something up because that lineup did not work in that game. They were not in any way, shape or form ready for that game. They were not, nothing went right. Absolutely nothing. Can you name one thing that went right for the Flyers in that game? I'm going to name two, and they are not points that really encourage me for the next game. The one is the fourth line uh, looked pretty decent and was arguably, most noticeably, the best line, which is kind of a knock on the other three lines, but also just the fact that I thought Volterra and and Riedenau would get blown up blown out the building by whoever they went up against, but they maybe had the most consistent zone time each shift they had, and they also had a few chances. I mean, Lawton almost tied up the game, but Matt Murray decided to pull off uh, maybe the goal, save of the series already. Yeah, even Matt Murray showed up for that game, and I don't think he's shown up all season. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And then my second one, it kind of actually scares me for the rest of the series. So the... Penguins scored seven goals last night, and not one of them was by the first power play unit. Now, that scares me because the Penguins scored seven goals last night, and not one of them was by their top power play unit. They got a power play goal, but it was with the uh, it was with the short people in the second power play unit with uh, Gensel, Shiri, and, and Broussard. But I, and I don't think the top, the Penguins top unit really had any, any chances. So that's not gonna, that's not gonna last all series. The, the Flyers are not going to shut out the Penguins' top power play unit the entire series. They're going to get theirs, and it would have been nice if, I guess, it just got piled on last night. Right. So there wouldn't be that lingering kind of, you know. But, I mean, next game they'll probably score one. I mean, if not then, they'll probably break through in game three. I want to say it can't get any worse. I'm sure it can get slightly worse, but that's the worst Flyers playoff game I've ever seen. It's maybe the worst playoff game I've ever seen an NHL team play. It's, I think, I think it is the worst Flyers playoff game. I'm thinking of game, I'm thinking of game three against the Caps, the bracelets game. That was recent memory. I'm thinking of that one. 
they got murdered by the Sabres a couple games in that 2006 series. But I think last night, considering it was game one and it was the Penguins and just the way the Penguins have played the last couple of years, I think last night really, really stung. And it was just a everything that could go, could go wrong went wrong, except for the fact that they somehow kept the first power play unit from scoring. So, I mean, the, the Penguins just imposed their will on some plays. Like the Malcolm goal, <laughs> Malcolm goal, I don't honestly think was that great. Uh, I I think Claude Drew and Voracek were just kind of tired and let a motor out the ice. Gossesphere could have pushed him more to the outside, but pushed him, you know, not centered. And it was a backhanded shot that I think Elliott should have had. Still a great play all around from Malkin, I guess, but it wasn't just, it wasn't, I, I don't think it should be like the goal of the playoffs. Uh, Unfortunately, then, the goal of the playoffs is the one that it may be the point where it happened a little I, bit later. Right, right. I, I couldn't have been, you know, when, at the point where I didn't think I could be sicker about this game. Sidney Crosby goes and he pulls. We talked about this bullshit a few weeks ago, but this <laughs> it, it pisses me off. It just it's such a, I, I don't know if it pisses me off because it's so good on his part, if it's just so skillful or just because I think it's a cocky shithead move. But. <laughs> Crosby just knocking this puck out of the air, baseball bat style into the net. It's unbelievable the hand-eye coordination. I'll give him that, but it just oh, it pisses me off. It grinds my gears. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you see him do it, and you're like, oh well, he got kind of lucky that it was in the air and he was able to bat it in. He's but done he it like four times over the yeah, past he's month, done it like four times in the last month, so it keeps happening. So. He's obviously just finding pucks to bat in. It's not a thing where he just keeps getting a lineup in the perfect position. Every, I don't even think he was facing the net last night, right? He was facing out towards center. Yeah, right he turned though. around and batted it into the net. Like, that's... You can't you can't do that. I, I, I guess, considering the circumstances, I guess I'm happy that was the fifth goal in a 7 nothing loss rather than that being an overtime winner. Like, that would have been demoralizing if that was an overtime winner. Because there's, there's nothing he could have done there. There, I mean, there's there's no way you defend that. What are you going to do? You've actually made a great point here. I thought, you know, I was like, how could it get worse? That would actually have been way worse. Yeah. And that it, there's still plenty of chances for that to happen. There's at least three more games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, see, I'll take. Earn tomorrow. I, I'll take that. It's going to sound dumb, but I will take a blowout loss like that than the type of shit they pulled against the Islanders where they gave you hope and came back and then immediately dashed it. Well, it's the difference in, what, between 20 seconds. It's the difference between feeling sick to your, sick to your stomach and complete heartbreak. Yeah. Cause I mean that. Yeah, no, you're right. Cause that third period was just kind of listless and you weren't hoping for anything last night. That Islanders one, you saw them push them back. And then when they did it, you got really pumped. And then it all went away in a matter of half a minute. Right. So, like, if not last night, just complete disgust, just complete disgust. Everybody's checked out of the game midway through. We, we knew early this was not our night. And you know what? I'm kind of OK with that, because if the Flyers come back from that three nothing, they force overtime and then Crosby baseball bats that shit in. I am just steaming all day. Yeah, it, it would have been really painful, and it would have it would have been talked about even more everywhere because of how ridiculous that is for a game winner. I saw. So I'm, I'm happy that it happened in this kind of situation. Uh, I did want to talk about since I, I mentioned the power play already. Flyers Flyers power play has to show up tomorrow. Maybe get a is, shot or or tonight. Maybe get a shot when you're given four power plays. And and speaking of those four power plays, by the way. Do you remember the two guys I said I think the Penguins on the Penguins that the Flyers could still get in the head of? Who was that, Craig? Who was that, Craig? I, I don't seem to remember. Malkin, Malkin and Latang, who of the four Penguins penalties last night, each of them took two. And Malkin, I mean, Malkin had the ridiculous goal and he didn't look like he was off his game. But he did have two shifts where it kind of looked like he was getting pissed off of the Flyers' physicality. So I think... You know, maybe not a situation where his team's up seven, uh, maybe a closer game. Like tonight, if the Flyers take a lead and somebody throws a hit he doesn't like, maybe he kind of loses his shit. I mean, Gudis put a hit on, I think, Hornquist along the boards, and Malkin came rushing over and started pushing Gudis behind the play. And then two seconds later, he 
high stick to ruin the corner. And then the he had a pushing match with Voracek behind the net on one play, too. And then Latang just kind of took a dumb penalty on Manning late in the game because uh, the Flyers kept hitting him. So I think I think it's still there. You know, I'm not banking on that to happen, but I think if things kind of don't go their way, I think one of those two can snap and kind of have a Nazem Kadri moment tonight, if you saw that happen before we came on. Uh, where he Did he have on the catch out the hit on Tommy Wingles? I missed the Wingles hit, uh, fan favorite Tommy Wingles. Yeah, uh, former Flyer Tommy Wingles was on his knees. He was along here the at the same time as uh, Drew Doughty, right? Drew Doughty, yeah, and they both, yeah, they got dealt in the same summer. Just a travesty that trade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> busy friend. Uh, and Tom Wingles was on his knees, and Nazem Kadri came flying over and left his feet, and pretty much uh, used his ass to slam Wingles' head into the boards and get a five-minute major for it. You know, this sports for the whole family. <laughs> yeah. Josh Josh Anderson also got a five in a major tonight, too. So players are just making uh, dumb plays left and right in some of the early games this evening. But none of them lost seven nothing. None of them lost seven to nothing. But I I mean, that that Leafs loss wasn't too hot either. No, it wasn't too hot. They the Bruins really just kind of dismantled them in that game. Yeah, I, I mean, in terms of possession, they killed them, and also obviously on the scoreboard. And then the, the Mayflies kind of melt down. They took a bunch of penalties in the third period. So uh, at least the Flyers didn't do that, even though they lost seven to nothing. I don't know. There's not too too many, yeah, not too too many positives, but that's uh, yeah. Uh, now, Craig, I was wondering. A lot of people, you know, look. I've been one of the few people who's somewhat defended Dave Haxtall this year, mostly from a perspective of, well, most of these coaches do the stupid shit, but a lot of the blame for that game, specifically the unprepared nature of the Flyers, seems to go on Dave Haxtell. How much do you blame Hack for that loss last night and how ugly that loss was last night? I... I blame... I think everybody deserves blame. For last night's loss, nobody played him well. Him no. Nobody played well. The entire team looked like they didn't, they weren't ready for that series. Which, if the entire team shows up that way, I think you can pin that on the coach. Uh, I, I think there were points in that game where it looked like the momentum was shifting towards the Flyers, uh, such as the the Lawton shot that Murray absolutely robbed them. And then when it was three nothing, and you already started feeling kind of hopeless, Murray did rob Voracek, and the Flyers were. I don't want to say dominating in a seven nothing loss. They were definitely getting the better of the the territorial play. They they spent most of the time in the Penguin zone and they were driving play could, at that time. There you go. That's a good way to put it. Uh, and then Couturier quote unquote trips Latang in the neutral zone and the the Penguins score in that following power play and then <laughs> that's the end of that. So there weren't times where it was. I, I mean, Hextall maybe could have called a timeout when it was two nothing early. I I don't. But it wasn't a thing where, it wasn't a thing where the Penguins are really putting a barrage on the Flyers. It was just the Penguins are just shooting everything at Elliott early on, and I guess they saw something in the tape because the shooting from her paid off because a lazy Latang wrister from the top right circle resulted in a goal for Brian Rust. I don't know what it is, but the Penguins this year have gotten every single bounce in every game against the Flyers. So uh, obviously it's a voodoo curse of some sort. Yeah, I mean, they got and again, the the Penguins would have won last night no matter what, but they did get some bounces last night. Specifically early on, right? Like those those early in the game, I feel like that's where a lot of the crap happened. The lucky crap that really turned the tide for the Penguins, Uh, you know. I think at one point the Flyers hit the only glove left on the ice. Uh, just every bounce, the Lawton move, like all that stuff, just nothing went the Flyers way. And then before they knew it, they were just screwed. Yeah, the the, the glove on the ice thing kind of epitomizes what it's been like playing the Penguins the last couple of years where it doesn't even matter if you do things right. Uh, and that was not the case on this shift. But Trevor Ruff loses a glove. It sits in the middle of the slot. I think the puck hits it twice, two times the Flyers are trying to clear it. And then Proveroff has to stay on the ice and try and defend after a Katoria turnover and it leads to a, a Hagman redirection. Like that type of thing is unlucky. And then the sixth goal, I mean, the sixth goal just kind of 
summed up the night too, where a shot from the point hits Lawton's stick on a block shot attempt. It goes to Brandon Manning, who's able to redirect it in towards the corner, but he doesn't get a lot of it, and it just trickles right to Crosby at the side of the net with Morazic out of position. So it was a double deflection that ended up being a perfect assist right to Crosby. And I think that, I mean, it just nothing. <laughs> the Flyers didn't look great. The Penguins looked on top of their game, and none of the bounces went the Flyers' way to, to kind of cap it all off. It was... Yep. I mean, I'm, you can't say the breaks like determine that game. You know what I mean? But they, the Penguins definitely got some some breaks. Maybe not the most crucial times, but they did get some bounces. Now, Craig, I'm wondering how much of that you can really chalk up to maybe rookie jitters because I will say the Flyers' younger players did not look like they were ready for this game. Yeah, I mean... Losing your like losing your glove though, I don't know if that's really like a well, not that specific example, but I I think in general, just like even Provorov, who's been nothing but rock solid for the start of his NHL career, looked unsteady in this game. I, I think a lot of the younger guys just weren't ready for this, and I, look, the whole team didn't look ready. But I was gonna say I. I don't think it, I don't want to single out just the rookies here. You're right, they didn't. But I'm, I'm not trying of, to single out the rookies. I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sorry if it's coming across that way, but it's uh, <laughs> it's more. I I think that part of it it can be attributed to the rookie jitters. Part of it can definitely be attributed to the coach just not having his team ready. Part of it's just horrific luck. Part of it's the ski the, the speed and skill of the Penguins. A, a lot of factors went into that game being just as ugly right. as it was. Yeah. I mean, when I think of, you know, the, the rookies had some rookie mistakes, but at the same time, uh, Katori didn't get to clear on that second goal. Claude Drew had a turnover in the D zone on the final goal. Uh, Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons literally had the puck in the right corner in the defensive zone last night and just centered a pass to, the, to his own slot. And I, like, that's never, that's never a good play. And I, especially against this team and, that first half of the first period was nothing but defensive zone turnovers from everybody. And you can't, the Penguins are a difficult team to beat. If you just give them one and done every time they're all in the offensive zone, because that one is surely going to be of high quality and you can't, you can't keep giving them three or four attempts. You can't give the Malkin line or the Crosby line three or four attempts to get a goal. Cause it's, it's not going to go well, by the way, are you watching the blue jackets game still? My feed just crapped out on me. Okay. Uh, do you want me to tell you what just happened? Uh, I see a Blue Jackets player is, with his hands in the air. Is that Boone Jenner? That is Artemi Panarin. Panarin! Just, Why am I thinking Boone Jenner? <laughs> he just picked the corner on a rush. Boone so Jenner. Pretty. Boone Jenner, the greatest hillbilly name available to anybody. It's fantastic. It's, uh, that guy should be running shine. Kind of, yeah, I feel like he should be playing in Columbus. Maybe he should be playing in Nashville. Or like Calgary, somewhere with uh, a lot of open space and nothing but white people. But yeah, the, not not a lot went. I mean, nothing went right for the Flyers last night. Uh, oh wow, that was a that was a well look that was a Leighton esque goal. That was a what Leighton esque goal? The Artemi Panarin? No, no, he went top corner. Did he? I got I got to see the replay. Yeah. No, that was a pretty that was a pretty good shot, or I thought it was. It looked like there was no angle, and he picked the far the far okay, post. I just saw the initial angle, so I gotta yeah. I gotta see the replay because it looked like he just shoveled it in from the side. But <laughs> no, that was uh, I think that was halfway decent. Uh, Grubauer looked all right tonight. I don't think there were any goals that were really his fault. Grubauer. I mean, that's such that's such Jones one. Nobody was. I don't think everybody was stopping. Okay, I got my replay now. So let's see what happened. <laughs> Oh, no, that was sick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he backhanded uh, it on the side, and I thought Grubauer just jumped out. But, no, it was actually a sick top shelf where the mom, where Mama Keeps the Cookies kind of goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Uh, way go better than to, Malkin's. Yeah, way, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, don't don't tell that to, uh, like, Dijon Kovacevic or somebody, though. Well, that guy, you know. The, and, you know, he should go back to not things. paying bloggers. <laughs> oh, yeah, or offering them three ways here's a but spoiler that, that goes uh, back that's to... not the last time you're gonna hear a reference to that tonight oh all right i'm on the edge of my seat my shirt is off i'm excited 
Uh, I think, well, the thing too is, I, I was thinking of, you're talking about rookies not necessarily showing up, and we talked a lot about playoff Travis Connecting, and I, he, I mean, everybody had a bad game. I don't think he really had a necessary, necessarily notable bad game. He just didn't really stand out in the way I thought. I thought he would. He didn't really get under anybody's skin. Uh, he didn't have any offensive chances, but I think that's because of the line he's on. And he also took a uh, pretty bad. He took a pretty bad offensive zone penalty at a time when the game was actually close. Well, we all know that's a defensive defensive specialist line, right? Because Valtteri Filppula is a defensive specialist. That's his reputation uh-huh. in the National uh-huh. Hockey League. Oh yeah, definitely. Extreme sarcasm, voice sir. <laughs> oh man, yeah. There's so, Valtteri Filppula is very good at. My apologies. Should I have gone? We all know Valtteri Filppula is a great defensive player. <laughs> no, I think people will catch on when you uh, start giving Valtteri uh, Filppula comments. <laughs> I will say this about Valtteri Filppula, though. Uh, so the fly- the big pro- the big reason why the Flyers didn't score any goals last night was none of the lines actually got into scoring position. Like they, in the entire game at five on five. The home plate area, which I I think I've talked about a little bit on here, and I've written about it, but that's where Sidney Crosby the, hits all his home runs. Yeah, crack of the bat, Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, don't tell Doc Emmerich about it, or we'll have to fucking hear about it. But like <laughs> across the, the street, over at <laughs> PNC Park, where the rivers converge, is where Sidney Crosby learned to bat pucks out of the air and into the net from Andrew McCutcheon of the Pittsburgh Baseball Pirates. Roberto Clemente, Andy Vance like baseball. And then just, I think his name's Andy Vance like some random pirate from the 90s. Uh, <laughs> it's but like so, ba- Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> oh, Barry Bonds. Yeah, Barry Bonds was a pistol. Barry pirate. Bonds and Bobby Bonilla. Barry Bonds, 10 hat sizes ago. Yeah, before he uh, started. Frequent many of the coleslaw joints on Pittsburgh's main strip. <laughs> That's, I wonder if that was really his argument for why he beefed up. She's like, yeah, I started slamming home slaw. I don't, I don't have to tell you guys. I lived in Pittsburgh. That's just that's what we did out there. So I, sorry, I bulked up. Kids, but this is Barry Bonds, and I'm here to talk about the dangers of slamming slaw. <laughs> don't ever live in Pittsburgh. It's just it's bad for your health in general. I can't back those comments up enough. Yeah. Uh, okay, go back, go back to the point I was actually trying to make. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, okay, Doc the Emmerich waits for no man. The home plate area is the slot, and then out to the face-off dots is pretty like it makes a a home plate area from the uh, the top of the circles down to the crease, and you know it's considered a high danger scoring chance from there. You know the more shots you get from there, the more likely you're going to score, obviously. For the entire uh, five-on-five play in yesterday's loss, the Flyers had 11 total shot attempts from that area. Not shots on goal, shot attempts. They had five shots on goal from the home plate area, five-on-five yesterday, for the entire game. So less than two each period. Which is not ideal, especially when you consider that the the Penguins had five goals from the home plate area at five-on-five overall. Uh, Probably not going to win a lot of games that way. Uh, and Phil Fula had two of those shot attempts at the home plate area. He had two misses. Drew had a shot and a miss. Limblom had two shots and a miss. Lawton had a shot where that was the play where he got robbed. Lawton also set up Sandheim on a two-on-one, but he missed from the home plate area, and then Konechny had a miss and a shot from the home plate area. So they should probably get to the net, is my suggestion for the next game, rather than shooting from the outside, which Murray was able to see every single time. Craig, it's not often that you can look at a game and have every type of Flyers fan have an opinion about why the Flyers lost and every type of Flyers fan be right. <laughs> yeah, it really is something. <laughs> I will say there is, there is of course, one exception, the one that says, they didn't hit enough, they didn't fight enough. That person, of course, is uh, yeah. dumb. 
Yeah. Speaking of, well, I won't say dumb. That's not the segue I was looking for. But people that chime in, you know, I think one of my biggest pet peeves is, especially this time of season because it's the playoffs. Really grinds Greg's gears. I just called you Greg, by the way, so I apologize. <laughs> That's fine. It fit the uh, alliteration. Uh, are when beat writers that cover other Philly sports teams watch precisely one playoff game and comment on it. I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> Marcus Hayes, every year, it's like, so, oh, it's poetry. Mwah, chef's so, kiss like right Marcus there. Hayes, so, like, Marcus Hayes, yeah, is, he's a terrible writer overall. Les Bowen, I kind of like. I like uh, Les Bowen's Eagles coverage. And he decided to chime in about Captain Drew's uh, leadership today. I saw this like, in the BSH yeah. Slack today. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, I guarantee you this is the second, maybe third game you've watched all year. And you're going to comment on the uh, the leadership in the room for a guy that scored literally 102 points. I don't know what to tell you. That seems like a bad idea. I just, I, I want to, I just want to do that with like Philly, like the Philly season. Just now watch a single Phillies game, watch the final game of the year, watch a guy who's a gold glove outfielder, like drop a fly ball and then be like, well, you know, they, they got to get better outfielding in the outfield is really what, the Phillies problem is like Reese Hoskins like has a pop-up in a, a, a crucial situation. You're like, yeah, Phillies need a real good power hitter. I don't know where they're going to get it from. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, it seems like Hoskins yet again, doesn't come through in the clutch. Uh, it's just, you know, I don't know what Philly fans are telling me about him. I don't see anything here in the three innings. I watched late in October. <laughs> <laughs> just like, I, I think it was, I don't know the guy's name. Dan Murphy. Was that a Phillies writer? Like Dave, three years ago, Dave Murphy, Dave Murphy. Okay. I remember, he had a comment about Claude Drew's leadership after the Flyers lost to the, the Rangers in seven and Claude Drew had six points. And I, I feel like that's showing up. Yeah. It doesn't say, it, you know, it's, I think it's just whenever beat writers dunk on, uh, on good hockey players too, it always gets me. Like I think two years ago when the Caps lost to the Penguins and Ovechkin had seven points, it was kind of annoying whenever it was like, huh? Cross, we got the better of Ovechkin again. Just Ovechkin never shows up. You know what I mean? He's just gotta gotta show up when it counts. You know, he had twelve points in the series, but he didn't show up. Where are those W's, baby? Where are they at? It's like Embiid doesn't play the first two games of the Sixers Heat series, and like you know, Embiid's just always hurt. (laughs) Yeah, Embiid. By the way, uh, continues being the personal hero of everybody in Philadelphia right now with uh, another great post on his Instagram where he. He's still wearing that mask. He'll probably be wearing it even when he he comes out and plays. But he posted a picture of him sitting on the bench in that mask and he or like in practice or something. And it says in the caption, "No one cared who I was until I put on the mask." The Phantom of the Process. <laughs> oh god, that guy's a fucking goofball. He's the best. I I wish we could clone him and put him on the Flyers. Man, could you imagine Embiid as a hockey player? No, because nobody in the league would stand for it because they're all a bunch of killjoys. Closest we have is P.K. Subban. I was going to say, there would be so many pieces written about how he has lack of character and why the Flyers will never win because of that. It's just all these whistle, all these dog whistles in these articles that just hint at racism, but, you know, we'll just call it a lack of leadership and uh, not, not really care not about great. what it. Yeah, <laughs> just all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh did you, I mean, Steve, we, we already talked on Tuesday. At, I mean, it's a fucking 7 nothing loss. There's really not too, too much to break down here. Did did you, you had something planned? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. To, so yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to steal a page from uh, David Letterman's book tonight and do a, a little bit of a list, a little bit of a list here. Uh, I don't have, I didn't quite have 10 on this list, but I do have a, a top five here tonight. And, I think I'm going to keep this going throughout the playoffs. This is a, a kind of a, I don't know. I enjoy putting together lists. I wouldn't call this you a know, listicle. I would just call this a list. <laughs> yeah, that's, you're not BuzzFeed. So, you know what would have been ideal, and not to uh, point out a point out an idea right here and right now, but came out with a top seven from last night. <sighs> Although, would that be would that be too soon? Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. All right. Yeah. R.I.P. Do the Flyers. Yes. Uh, continue, though. So uh, the, the list I've gathered tonight, uh, our top five for the night, is the top five most annoying things about the Penguins winning game one. 
Number five. <laughs> number five. Sidney Crosby's predator list mustache and shit eating grin combination. <laughs> it's something very. Yeah, that's a very. God, he just looks like a guy that dominates World of Warcraft is what it feels like. <laughs> like, I, I just, I can't stand it. And meanwhile, and of course I'm saying that after he scores, like, the best goal in the, that's going to happen in the NHL playoffs. So, obviously he's not a fucking complete loser, but, I hate, man, I hate yeah, there him really so is. I know. I, I hate him and I respect him. I just, I can't fucking, I shouldn't say I respect him, but I... I respect his skills. His skill, his skill, yeah. As a he, hockey he still does talk to stuff, stuff sometimes, but yeah, the, the skill is definitely there, and it's fucking annoying. All right, all right, that's a good number five, though. I like number five. Number four, Pittsburgh has something to brag about besides the lack of falling rocks in the past week. <laughs> what? Uh, Pittsburgh's uh, in a very mountainous terrain, and oh, okay. They often have to deal with landslides and falling rocks, and uh, you know problems of a third world country instead of a u.s city what a dumb city that you can't figure out ways to not dominate nature like you need to like rocks are causing problems for your, your town i feel like that's a you know tornadoes hurricanes sure things you really can't control rocks take a while to move like you can you should be able to plan around that it, it's rocks and mud stuff like that Oh, mud. So sorry. Never mind. That's oh no, I, I was, it's both. It's both. <laughs> it, it's some of nature's most basic shit, and uh, Pittsburgh can't figure it out. So can't Pittsburgh's it. like, can I put French fries on this and eat it, or what's the deal? I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three. Phil Kessel found another excuse to eat seven hot dogs in one sitting. Bill, oh, there you go. Oh man, I hate. I think. Kessel being on the Penguins is one of the things I hate the most just because I actually like Phil Kessel. And I loved I loved how much Phil Kessel annoyed the Toronto media. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm it's annoying. I'm happy that he won a, a cup, but it, it did not need to be with Pittsburgh. It could have been with anybody else. Just anybody else. But then he decided to show it up Toronto's uh yeah. Yeah. With uh, yeah. two cups of Pittsburgh, so Pretty pretty annoying. Toronto's having a pretty good night tonight. I'm pretty happy with the uh, man. Kadri's going to get suspended, and they the whole team didn't look too didn't look too high. JVR got body slammed tonight uh, by a good old David Backus, American hero, America on America crime. Well, after they get swept out of the playoffs, just like the Flyers, then uh, they'll have plenty of time to heal up before free agency. <laughs> man, I. It would be kind of crazy if the Bruins leave series did not go at least six and that the Bruins just walked all over them. And I mean, if Kadri, I know Kadri is not exactly the flashiest name, but I think he's their second line center right now. And that's a, that's a pretty big loss. And if he doesn't get suspended, that's kind of pathetic because it was a terrible hit that he had on Wingles. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's not, it's only one game and it's not looking good. And I, I realize what that sounds like coming from a Flyers fan right now. Uh, yeah. What what number are we on here? Number two? That was number three? Number two. Number two of the top five most annoying things about the Penguins winning game one. Dejan Kovacevic gets to continue using the Penguin success as a reason to keep underpaying his staff. Very nice. I also, you, oh man, you should have put this at three because of his, uh, passion for attempting to have threesomes with his blockers as well. That's uh, I feel like you. God damn, Steve, you're missing opportunities here. I'm sorry, missing, you know, I'm missing God opportunities damn. like I'm on the Flyers' <laughs> offense. Hey, yeah, Dijon, uh, Dijon Kovacevic, walk a piece of shit. I feel like we still don't make fun of him enough for the Max Talbot comment about the Steve Downey trade. Actual hockey player. Yeah, and. uh how that was a pretty meaningless trade, and he got really jacked up because it was it was maxed out. But well, you know, he got really but, jacked up because he's really stupid. Yeah, he's real dumb, real ugly too. He's got like buck jacked up teeth and everything. And uh, I and I gotta say, this is a great transition to number one. So number one on the top five most annoying things about the Penguins winning game one. Evgeny Malkin found a score as ugly as he is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Unlike David Letterman, you actually got the right number one. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. I feel like I feel like that was I feel like that was always a thing with David Letterman. Was a top ten, number three would be the best, and then number one was always something that should have barely been in the top ten. I don't, I never understood who organized those rankings, but they were always kind of just questionable. You're you're hundred percent right about that. Yeah, I don't know why I like caught on to that, but it was just. Also, I think next time, I think next time you have to play up the uh, the, the David Letterman like sounds like the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna work on this for next week. This is a work can in progress. Can we get some top five music, Paul? Paul can we get some top five music? It's just like stupid shit like that. Literally, I came home from a work happy hour, a little you know, feeling a little toasty, and I was like, you know what? It'd be fun on the podcast tonight. Uh, top five list. Top five list. Yeah, I agree. I think I think uh, right now we need uh, we need to talk about something that is that is pretty fun because it looks fucking bleak right now, my man. It does not <laughs> it does not look good, uh, and I think I'm positive about tonight's game because I think they'll come out charged up and not want to lose seven nothing again. But I don't know if that means a win. Am I in IMO? I think it means a painful. Either late game goal or an overtime loss. I'll be honest. So, if the Flyers are within two goals, I'm going to be way happier with this game. If, oh, yeah. If they just keep it somewhat competitive. Because that's what I was. Yeah. I was saying to my buddy last night, what, what could have been a like a pedestrian 4 1 beatdown? Like a 4 1 game that wasn't close, but we don't have to remember the score for the rest of our lives. Why could it have been something like that? By the way, did you see this Nashville goal a minute ago? Did you switch over to that game? Uh, yeah, I did. The uh, was it Craig Smith? Yeah, yeah. They've been the Predators have been getting those chances nonstop. I can't believe it's a two-two game. I can't believe like, it's two-two game either. But the, that was yeah. a nice goal. It was yeah, it was very nice. What did you think of uh, the Winnipeg Minnesota game last night? That was a pretty good one. I thought it was good. I thought I think well, we talked about the series, and I mentioned that the, I thought Minnesota way... was going to really like just make it. A little bit more boring, and they did bring Minnesota or they d- did bring Winnipeg down to earth a little well, bit last night, but Winnipeg persevered. Yeah, well, the thing is, is they still. I I think that just speaks to how good Winnipeg's offense offense is, is because they still. I think the shots in the third period were like eighteen to four Winnipeg. Like the Winnipeg was just hounding them in the third period, and they were getting their chances, but the Wild just kind of kept kept everything to the outside and out of the slot, and just didn't let. Winnipeg score until a Joe Morrow shot. So I think they expect the goals for were pretty close, but it was it was a thing where Winnipeg still had the puck the entire time, which the Wild can win like that if Devin Dubnik stays on top of his game. But it's just uh, I, they're gonna have to find ways to score goals. Like I I don't even know if it's a guarantee they keep scoring two goals a game. <laughs> I think the way they're gonna try to win is to make it two one two nothing games. But I, I feel like Winnipeg definitely had the upper hand. The, the what sucks about last night too, on top of the the whole Flyers game, was I missed the one goal in the Golden Knights Kings game as well. <laughs> Did you watch the rest and of I, it? I watched from like the late first period on. So I woke up in the morning. I, just, I checked the score and I saw the first thing I checked after I saw the score was when the Knights scored the goal, and I saw it was first period. I'm like, oh, glad I didn't stay up for that one. <laughs> it was, and it was a game too where. Um, did you see the Drew Doughty hit? Yeah, I, I missed a lot this morning with that stuff. Okay, so he got suspended. It was a pretty bad hit, and I, I think he deserved to be suspended. And, uh, I mean, quick, if, I felt like the, the Golden Knights were just peppering quick with a ton of shots last night. I don't think it was that many. It was pretty low event hockey. But it, it also may have just been Jonathan Quick overreacting to every shot like he does, too. So it looked like every Golden Knights chance was a lot closer to going in than it should have been. I like how Jonathan Quick is what we all want Peter Morazic to be. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a real high bar to clear too. Is is hoping John? I can't. I don't know if I could watch Peter Morazic in the playoffs, honestly. Like when the game's close, because we had to watch him last night. But I always, I always hated that idea when Tim Thomas was on the Bruins of just that uber aggressive, just throwing the body everywhere with no rhyme or reason and still making the save. Like, I don't know if I could go through a whole postseason of that. 
Like even if like Tim Thomas won the cup and I still think I'd be like, I, I don't know if my heart could take that. <laughs> just watching <laughs> just nonstop, just diving side to side, making ridiculous saves, but always looking kind of shaky on every single shot. I feel like it'd be too much. Give me the Brian Elliott that gives up 10 goals on 11 shots and <laughs> looks cool and collected. <laughs> I mean, let's just go with Tukarski at this point. He was called up. You might as well use Fuck him. it. Bring him in. Yeah. Bring, bring him in. in. Pick him up. Bring, it, bring in the dusty tea. Dusty let's see, uh, tea. Uh, you know what? Let's take a little bit further. I think it's Anthony Stolar's time. I think so. Stoltender, the goaltender. Stoltender, the goaltender, has paid his dues. He's waited right for this moment. Time. He's been waiting for this moment all his life. Yeah. Hacksaw just walks in. He's like, listen, we're going to need you, okay? And then they just put him in there, even though he has like one and a half knees now or one and a quarter knees, whatever oh, happens. Oh, oh. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just want Stoli to come in. I just want to hear, uh, I just want to hear, boom, 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 boom. What's that now? He's been he's been waiting for this moment all his life. Oh. <laughs> hey, speaking of goaltenders, there's Brian Boucher on the TV right now. Uh, you might as well just pull him in. And speaking of uh, Phil Collins, I think the Flyers are going to need to uh, turn it on again uh, for game number two, even though that was uh, even though that was Genesis. But yeah, I know some shitty music from the '80s. What of it? I remember <laughs> when the Flyers were good at hockey. That was oh a while Lord. ago. Man. I'm old. It's been a couple of years, man. Yeah, it's... I'm in my 30s. I re- I remember when the Flyers were good. It's it's Dude, been a while. I, I remember when it's the been Flyers a minute. Yeah, it's it sucks. It sucks knowing how good they were and then realizing what these last couple seasons have been. It's been uh, it's been not cool, not cool. But yeah, what are you gonna do? Was... When an Ilya Brizgalov's available, you trade for an Ilya Brizgalov. God, that Ilya Briscoll tweet too was uh was a good time. Was there a recent Briz tweet? Oh, buddy, yeah, there was a uh, actually. <laughs> Listen, actually, yeah, I have not, I have been off the grid for yeah, look way it up more on, than I should be. Look it up on um Twitter dot Yeah, look it up on Twitter. Look it up on Twitter dot com, as the kids say. And then also, I, I also asked you before the podcast, and you said you didn't hear, but the. The Bob Nicholson quotes on Peter Shirelli and his job in Edmonton, I, which I will read to you live on the podcast so we can get your Tell me those reaction. quotes right now, and I will look up Ilya's uh, stuff. Right. Well, I want your full, like, undivided attention for these quotes, because I put down the exact quote in the notes. I'm going to read it verbatim, and I want to see that reaction, all right? Okay, well, do you want me to look up Briz first, or do you want me to listen to these? Because... I'm on the verge of getting. Is he Briz goalie thirty? Is that what his tweet? Yeah, is? I, I believe so. All right, all right. We're looking up. We're looking up some some Ilya Brizgolov quotes right now. You know, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since I do Briz voice on podcast, but you know, it's very good. Humongous big. Can you do a Briz stained impression? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Briz and stained? Well, you said it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a the little, there's two Briz the voices. There's high Briz voice, and there's like super serious Briz voice. There's like super the Russian Briz voice, and there's high Briz voice. Like there's no in between. It's he's such a yeah. strange man. Um, yeah. So it's either it's either it's been a while or it's it's been a while. No in between. Uh, I'm just looking this up now. So Briz goalie thirty. I'm ready whenever you are, NHL Flyers. Uh, and it's Elliot's restaurant. I, yeah. what, what even what even is this, Ilya? Probably some weird Russian duck on Brian Elliot, baby. Well, guess what? So. He's in the stands uh, using all of Comcast money to buy tickets. So, yeah, I mean, it's Comcast yeah. money, so I can't be upset because, you know, it's Comcast. But it's also the Flyers paying him until for another almost decade. Which uh, is kind of crazy. And uh, here we are. They they're doing it. That said, Briz, but, open invite on the cast. You you can be the third voice on the cast whenever you want. Oh, absolutely! Come on on, buddy, and uh, provide some crazy commentary on Putin and space and whatever you want to say weird on this podcast to get us some get us some clicks. I'm hoping to get alternating guest uh, guest third hosts, basically between Briz and my. 
my personal favorite Twitter account, uh, Os- uh, Oscars Bartulis. I, I thought you were going to say drill. I was like, if we can get fucking drill on the podcast, we should be doing that weekly. But uh, yeah, Oscars Bartulis could be another one. Another good one, too. I forget what tweet he had that was perfect broken English that made no sense, but you could... Or it, just every other word was wrong, but you knew what he was saying. It was pretty adorable. Like, that was pretty... It was, it was a pretty pretty adorable tweet, him trying to speak English. So, the Let's talk about this, this Bob Nicholson quote, by the way. So, you ready? Bob and Nichols. Uh, and uh, by the way, here's uh, some, some clutch Bartulis first. Okay, yes, Penguins is some big champions, is some bad lucks to play Penguins, but Flyers also some great team and can be champions too, I think. There you go. Per- that encapsulates what I'm talking about perfectly. So. <laughs> okay. Oilers Entertainment CEO Bob Nichols on Oilers GM Peter Chiarelli's job and why they decided to not let him go this summer because that was the big press conference for the Oilers today. Quote, Shirelli has got a very good relationship with general managers in this league. I wonder to why. Those, to make those trades or exchanges easier than someone that doesn't have those great relationships. <laughs> sure, because they're always getting great deals from him. Like, yeah. yeah, New Jersey's general manager loves Shirelli because all he has to do is call him up and say, Hey, uh, that Taylor Hall guy, can I give you like... A, a medium level defenseman and just take Taylor Hall off your hands. Yeah. We're not doing anything with them. Somebody might as well do something with them. <laughs> yeah. It's just that, that quote, that quote is one of those quotes where you have to go back and reread it a couple of times because yeah, GMs, he's able to trade with other GMs because they're giving away your best players. Like look at what the team's at because they trade away fucking Hall and Everly. What, like, why would you, why are you keeping that guy around? I'd like to declare my intention to keep getting free Wawa coffee because it's free Wawa coffee. <laughs> they had free co- uh, Wawa coffee today, didn't they? That's exactly I why I mentioned it, although I did not end up grabbing any. Yeah, I didn't grab any either. Why was it free today? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Help us all recover from the nonsense last night? Let's say yes. Hey, you all don't want to be here. Shove some coffee in your face. <laughs> I will say that last night was a positive because we are all one day closer to death, Steve. So we don't have to watch as many Flyers games from here on out. We and we don't we don't have to watch last night's game ever again. That's also a positive. Like it's it's happened. We don't need to go back. There's not going to be a time when the Flyers are like, look, we're not going to play tonight. We're going to put on game one of the the 2018. Eastern Conference quarterfinals, like that. that it's it, it's done. We just don't have to watch highlights of it again. It's 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 in the past. My rebuttal: time is a flat circle. Mm. And that also makes me think that I, I don't want to I don't want to do this anymore. This being life, like I just don't. We're done. <laughs> so if Hope you have any feedback, <laughs> uh, Craig is sports are bad the on worst, Twitter. Um, the worst way to end it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, game two predictions. What are you thinking? Not positive. I mean, I, uh, 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 I'm, I'm at a loss for words over here. It was such an abysmal, abysmal game one that it's hard to think that the Flyers are going to recover uh, and come back. But I, look, if Dave Haxtell does not have these sons of guns ready for game two in any way, shape or form, you might as well just fire him now mid playoffs. Um, I'm hoping this is my prediction. I think the Flyers make a little bit more of a fight. They take a step in the right direction. Unfortunately, they still fall short four two loss, empty net goal. Okay. I mean, that's basically what I'm thinking along the lines of like, I, I don't think, I think they'll come out ready to play. I don't know if that'll be good because of Axel or not, but I think they'll come out stronger. I think it'll be a pretty tight game. I think they lose in, absolutely devastating fashion like a like a overtime loss or some kind of fluky goal late in the third 25 seconds uh, left oh mm, that's that you just hit the spot that's the stuff it's and it's uh, like yeah. a real just minor shithead who scores like rust again or something yeah like fucking jamie Alexiak. 
uses his big oofy frame to like lava shot him from just inside the blue line oofy yeah you fucking oofy goofy whatever that <laughs> tall like that tall son of a bitch that they always talk about his height and he's really not that good but you know tall equals good hockey player which is you know i can't understand why sam moran's not up yet yeah right <laughs> yeah it's, well sam moran's on pace to be up here in 2019 2020 so that's just in time when you draft him in 2013 no i think sam rank gets a look next year i would hope so because our our, our guy brandon should be gone please and, uh, please just look i got i got two simple requests for the off season no more manning no more philpula for the love of god I think I think Philpula is gone. He's playing, or I mean, not Philpula. Uh, Manning is definitely gone. I He's think Philpula has got to be gone too. I mean, there's. You've I think got, he has to. You've got guys knocking on the doorstep. You've got plenty of offensive players raring to come up. Uh, look, I don't care what you got to do. Get Philpula out of here. Well, actually, I can't say that because that probably means bringing on another friggin' Laterra or something. God. Look, Hexy, you pulled yeah. off some magic moves here. You're the magic man. But at the end of the day, you know, some of these are, are kind of tiresome. Like Laterra. He's just he's just he's just ugh. I think Laterra stays because he has a one year left on his contract. I think Weez I think Weez is gone. Or he's in the like he's not gonna be playing for the Flyers next year. He might be in the AHL. Matt Reed special. Yeah, I I don't think he's gonna be up. For, I don't. He might play like one or two games for the Flyers next year. Is my thought. I think a Latera one is the thing where. I mean, you, just, you might have to suck it up for another year, or fucking buy him out. Who cares? He's bad enough. <laughs> buy him out. This he just had the best game in the playoffs for the Flyers. Like he, out of all the forwards, I think he had the best game last night, which is, I I would have never guessed that in a million years, and I I still want them to buy him out immediately. Immediately. If you could buy him out right now, mid-playoffs, I I would be on board. That would be some shit. (laughs) It's just like, Hackstall walks out, he's like, all right, uh, well, since Lotera got bought out, we're going to have to go with, uh, (laughs) we're putting Weiss back in. Fine. Do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Fuck it. Let's make these memorable, these playoffs memorable in at least a funny way. Like, aggressive roster transactions in the middle of a playoff series, like on the off day in a playoff series up for it. Minor league goaltenders that haven't played a uh, significant NHL game in a year. Plus just suddenly starting significant playoff games. Go with that. We could always try that on for size. I'm down for, I'm down for anything. Call Cole Bardrow. Uh, let Mike Vecchione get his first uh, NHL game of the season in the postseason. Danik Martell. Danik Martell, bring him up. Let's do it. Oh, all right. Um, I don't know about you, Stu. I, th- I think we've exhausted talking about... Uh... We have exhausted talking about this shit show. This is... Uh, look, it's a term I might throw around every now and then, but it's it's accurate. <laughs> it's accurate. Shit show is right. Yeah, for last night, absolutely. Shit show is right. Yeah, it's... Yeah. So, uh, gang, we thank you for listening. If you have any feedback on us and the the lovely, lovely hockey team known as the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, the best place to reach us is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad, and oh God, are they bad at the moment? Yeah, I, I was peaking pretty hard last night. Great for my brand, not good for my mental state, but you know, you give and take. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, you can reach me at fly Purbly. I run the fly Purbly account, or you can reach me at Estee bomb, uh, follow BSH radio, follow broad street, hockey, follow hockey. Charlie, Steph, Kelly, Bill. Uh, we're all in the same miserable place right now, but we're all a lot of fun to follow. So follow us all. Yeah. Yeah. Give us all a follow. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, uh, day bow bow. <laughs> all right let's let's wrap this up wrap We're done it here. up so uh yeah let's follow all that stuff like us on facebook and uh if you have any long form comments feel free to reach out to us at flyperbole at gmail.com 
But I'm Steve, this is Craig, thank you for listening, and until next time, as always, good night, and good hockey? Hopefully good hockey. For the love of God, please, good hockey. Please. Please. Hello, everybody. This is Flyperbole. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that for some reason or another, seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>